All right, everybody, we are live right now. What is going on? Welcome to the podcast. Call me ignorant. I'm not sure at this point what episode we are on, but we are here right now with Monica Perez of the Propaganda Report. She's a talk show, a political talk show host, host, and it says on our Twitter bio that she is an extreme libertarian. I'm really excited to have uh, Monica to, to talk today about current events, news, any conspiracies that come up and things like that. But thank you so much for coming on the program, Monica Perez. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. So the people in the live chat, um, I know I have a lot of people in the chat that are big fans of yours and you became uh, highly recommended. So I'm sure we're going to see some uh, some some chats that are asking you questions and things like that. But it's your first time on the program. So let's just talk about how you got started in talk radio or now. Have you been on AM FM radio before? Yes. Okay. All right. Is that still going on? That was the thing. No, I'll I'll tell you, I'll try to keep it very quick, but I really had was never into being an exhibitionist, like I don't like that extroversion thing, it makes me nervous. I, I, t- I never stop talking, but there's something different between that in your kitchen or whatever and <laughs> being out in the world. And I was at a wedding once and just chattering like I always do. And I had just read Hans Hermann Hoppe, who is an anarcho capitalist. And I was just la la talking about it. Oh my gosh, there's, you know, people used to not question the existence of God, but nobody even questions the necessity of government, you know? And the chick next to me was like, uh, okay. <laughs> and she went, but she was a radio producer. And wow. she, yes. And she was like, you have to, she said, it's this, she wasn't even so impressed with what I was saying. She was impressed that I could talk an hour straight without anyone else getting a word in edgewise. She was like, that is a rare gift. Ooh, you yes. should, and I was, she brought me to, but I like, I got stage fright the entire time I was on that radio app from that, basically from that moment, for eight and a half years, I had a weekend show and they thought, I, I feel like maybe I was like a little novelty act because I wasn't an anarchist and I would crack the code on, the stories in the news that didn't make sense. I wasn't a truther or anything, but I had to cover the Boston Marathon bombing. And I was doing all the research and I was like, oh my gosh, you guys aren't going to believe this. And the people that she in particular was like, um, not sure you want to go on the air with that. People are going to think you're crazy. I'm like, no, but it's true. It's true. Look at this. Look at that. And the program director said, hey man, just whatever. Like, You, let you, your could, free you had, you had free reign to do that? You could talk about what you wanted? Totally. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. He just was, he used to work with Art Bell. Like I got the only guy in the world who used to work with Art Bell. And he said, just make sure you tell the difference between your opinions, facts, just make it clear. And don't, I don't want any train wrecks. Like if people, you don't want people running away screaming, you know, like, ah, so I, I thought I did a good job of that and for, had a great relationship with them. And after eight and a half years, like three things came together at once. One is they, this was a big, but still family owned company. And they sold to a real, um, like a financial sponsor. We, we had hit mm. Epstein hard. This guy actually had connections with Epstein. Whoa. And, <laughs> and at the same time, so my great program director was retiring in the change of the guard. And I came out, this was in Atlanta where the CDC is located in February, on February 8th, I was like, get ready, people. Fasten your seatbelts. I just watched this event 201 thing, and GDP is going to fall by 10%. The stock market is going to fall, fall by yeah. 40%. It's going to last 18 months. Get ready. And I did that every weekend starting February 8th, and February 28th was my last show. Ooh, how did it happen? <laughs> so, did you get a phone call? Like, how did- my, my guy, my program director is just just a superstar in that industry, but such a nice guy. And he said, Hey, Friday's my last day. And they're taking the Monica Perez show off the air. Yeah. And I didn't even ask why I just was kind of shocked. So I didn't have a conversation about it. I was like, okay. He said, but if you want to tape a show, I'll put it on, on my way out the door. Like more, normally they escort you, you know, they frog march you out, but (laughs) this guy, so I, I could have, gone bananas, but I didn't. I just said goodbye. And it was totally fine because I had already started doing a daily podcast with my producer on the show, but my co-host on the podcast, the Drive Time News Blast. And it it's so much more fun and interesting. And it's just so much less stressful. And I could really talk. It was just a nicer format for me. And it's every day. But the advantage is that 
my program director who had been in the business for so long, it was just masterful. He taught me so much that I would never have known about presentation and what's easy to listen to and what isn't and a tone of voice. And I mean, it, it's really amazing that he, he just gave me that opportunity. And now I'm applying it in a way that so far, I mean, I was deplatformed from WordPress. I had some of my troubles on YouTube. Mm. I don't know how long it's going to last, but for now I I'm doing, it's 30 minutes a day, 45 of your patron. And it's just, I just wanted people to not have to listen to the mainstream media to get their news of the day and still feel informed. Yeah, cool. So we try to take the top headlines and say what's really going on. And boy, you wouldn't believe the things we see coming because you guys your burn through stuff. You, like it's, yes. I just got listen to a couple episodes and it's just like, it's yeah. bam, bam. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You, you have to get the kind of have to dive in it's there's no like we're going to explain this whole thing from the beginning you can't do that but yeah but it's one episode people get hooked because it's right now it's a port in the storm because such stuff that's just complete nonsense <laughs> is year. accepted yeah yeah it's yeah it's it's really inverted in terms of yeah people believe like yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, one of the things I was just wondering about, like, where to start is, is kind of like, what's your definition of propaganda and can it be good? Like, usually people just say yeah. propaganda like, is bad or like, it is lies. But like, what is propaganda and can it be benevolent? I'm a big fan of what does something really mean? Yeah. And propaganda just means to propagate. They, they, it's something that is meant in, intentionally propagated. It doesn't have to be false. As a matter of fact, if you go to the definition that the deep state uses really in their books is there's, there's white propaganda, which is soldiers handing out chocolate. There's nothing, no lie there. And that's propaganda of the deed. Then there's gray propaganda, which is just flyers kind of show up in a stack at the grocery store. Nobody knows where they came from. And then there's black propaganda where you say, oh, uh, Putin said something and Putin didn't actually say it. So that like false flag okay, stuff. Okay, like a full on but lie. Yeah. Now that's real. That's a real lie. And the other stuff. So our propaganda, I would now say, I think that all of our mass media, starting with radio, maybe even before starting, some say with writing, like mm. the actual writing 10,000 years ago, mm. yeah. that it's all, its primary purpose is propaganda. And as the, the more they dumb people down with other systems like schooling, uh-huh, they, well, it is schooling. It's not <laughs> education. Yeah. It's schooling. Yeah, yeah. And as they dumb people down, the amount of, of truth they need to give to rain, to, you know, bait the hook is, is lower and lower and lower. So a hundred years ago, it was probably a lot harder to get away with the kind of blatant absurdity that we, that we see now. So now I feel like they never place anything that doesn't have a purpose, whether it's true or false, it has a purpose. And now I feel like it's getting untethered from it's from so truth. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I, so so just to continue, just to ask about your like analogy yeah. real fast with the white, gray, and black propaganda. Yeah. So would an example of not propaganda be like the soldier telling the the kids what's actually going on? It's like pure truth. Yeah. Like okay. there was a soldier on CNN at a Ron Paul rally once, I think, and really? and I think it was Dana Bash. I I don't want to say that because she I don't know if she was on scene. And Wolf Blitzer was in the studio and she was trying to corner the soldier, which he's actually not allowed to speak on the subject. I'm sure he got in trouble. Mm. She was trying to corner him on how he could possibly support Ron Paul. So she asked him about Israel and he said, Israel can take care of itself. And I'm telling you, the screen started going, shh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Looks like we've lost him. Look, our, you know, was it's like, it's so it was funny. Russia. <laughs> yes, exactly. So. I mean, obviously that guy wasn't pro wasn't lying. He himself was propagating his opinion. They were trying to get him to give some true propaganda to befuddle him, but it didn't work. So they just cut it off. And mm. I think that's always a classic example. Yeah. They are there any news? Are there any mainstream outlets you trust? Or I mean, it's all moving online, but like, well, yeah. The mainstream stuff is so important to me because I have no resources to find real information. 
That's so, why I look, yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's why I look happens. at the mainstream because I mean it's there and it you know so the, actually since you're even responding that way, here's what well, there's an example I talked about on my show today. Okay, like so like I want I ask people at what level do you believe liars? Okay, so for instance, like we saw a Bill Clinton headline today. You know, people go as far as thinking that Bill Clinton is a lizard. So I'm assuming you think <laughs> that Bill Clinton is Bill Clinton. Like I don't. I, I mean, nothing in me believes in lizard. People. Right. Okay. So then it says Bill Clinton. I mean, I, maybe I'm confined yeah. by like three and four dimensions. I, I, don't I don't accept the lizard thing. I just like playing from the extremes and like walk, walking it might it be back. a metaphor. Yeah. It might be a metaphor. Yeah. So Bill Clinton is Bill Clinton. And then it's like Bill Clinton says this according to reports from an anonymous source, you know? So it like goes every single line down the thing. And, and I'll so, always say no to that yeah. because they would give the source if yeah. it was something that was going to be owned. Okay, so you're so you're an, an ANCAP, you're an anarcho-capitalist, yeah. right? Okay, I'm so- moving towards like agorist, agrarian. I'm like a philosophical agorist because it's unlikely I'm actually ever going to be able to grow anything with these Brooklyn hands. <laughs> but I am theoretical. Got a, a barter, yeah. Agorist. Okay, a theoretical, hypothetical. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> so, um, so but okay, so there's a government now, and you think there shouldn't be a state, right? Right. I think like, the sole purpose of the state is and always has been taxation, slavery, and exploitation. Right. Okay. From I, the first grain of wheat. So do you do you vote do you vote? Well, I'll tell you, I have a rule. I will always vote for Ron Paul as long as he's alive and I'm allowed to write in. <laughs> so that's my thing about voting. Okay. Okay. But I believe that. Voting is kind of a, a moral question because the, I would say the most important thing that validates this fraudulent system is the vote. Mm. So, like, it's, I tell this to conservatives. Bashar Assad in Syria won 95% of the vote. So does that vote feel valid to you? Does that mean anything to you? Does, that, does it sound like there were other people in the race or they let everybody vote? Not really, but if we said he won fifty-one forty-nine to some guy who got a lot of press and conceded, there would be no question of that guy's legitimacy. Yeah, and it's crazy. It. Yeah, I mean the the two th- two out of three like two people voting to steal the third person's shit. That's a whole yes, it's a whole problem. Well, of course. I mean that's why the idea, and I'm really coming to understand this fully. The idea that someone else can defend your property better than you can is absurd on its face. Mm. And Portland is the example. The people in Portland could not defend their own property and businesses and access to the business because they had entrusted a government that is not on I see their what you're side. saying. Yeah. So you, even if they let you, which I don't think they would have, get, get government-grade weaponry, or what I call resistance Grade weaponry, <laughs> as opposed to target justified. So they have tanks. You come out with your handgun and they shoot you, and they're justified. But you come out with your tank and they come out with their tank, then you've got resistance. Mm, interesting. So, so the Portland people, even if they in the, there's probably their own stupidity allowed themselves to be effectively disarmed. Yeah, like outsource your violence to someone else or, or whatever. Yeah. And they yeah. and so they so even if you took that away and said, okay, you can stand on the four corners of your property with your AK forty sevens and make sure that nobody trespasses. But if you have a business and you do that, your business is going under as long as the opposition or the government or whatever holds the street. They hold the street. So before there was even government, like the Knights Templar or whatever, I think they started by being bankers and and security what? for trade routes. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. I think so. Wow. I think so. I mean, it's been a while since I read up on it. And also, I, they it, that was several hundred years ago or whatever. So you know, a long time ago. But I'm just <laughs> yeah. saying, if you think about a lot of times when you think about the origin, it helps you understand because they want to tell you that everything's too complicated, right? Yeah, now. Like, it's yeah. It's not too complicated. You know, guns work. I own stuff. That's pretty much it. Yeah. So on those on that road in front of between the apartment building and your store, if you could get your Knights Templar to escort you or your customers, it would have been fine. But unfortunately, a government would not allow you to do that. So that's why it's just very simple that you are going to be better off defending yourself and your stuff. Than anybody else, and yeah. it's so easy now. Guns yeah. are the great equalizer. That women, any women, woman is for gun control. It's a no-brainer. Nuts. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, it's like the great, like what it's Sam Colt, like, you know, Sam Colt make, made them equal or whatever. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I, mean, I think it should. If there's going to be gun control, let's just do this. All women are required to carry guns and and men can't. I mean, I, I'm, I don't think so. But like women should at least be for, you know, the women who me too should just like yeah. their problem solved. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. And I was I was I don't know. I've. I've streamed almost every day for a year and a half, and I was a full-blown ANCAP like a year and a half ago. I'm still kind of a libertarian, but the LP is super embarrassing, so I'm not like that that kind of libertarian. Um, well, that's controlled opposition. I think yeah. it was actually outed in the Podesta emails. Yeah. Well, okay. So okay. So is, was I don't is know Sar- a lot about that. But, I don't either. But is Sarwak doesn't I heard that Nick Sarwak has like connections to what's that one? corporation it's like stratford or Dyncorp. oh I, stratford yeah I, he was oh, on yeah. one of those emails yeah yeah so you think the lp is a psyop huh? like controlled you know well i mean i don't have a strong feelings about it because i never really got involved in it mm-hmm. in any serious way because i i as a matter of fact this is weird i haven't thought about this in a long time since i was i remember when i was 12 I and I think maybe when like the Libertarian Party started or somebody cool was in it, my dad was basically classical liberal, you know, like okay. classical liberal, so libertarian kind of. And I wrote to the Libertarian Party as a little kid and said, I don't understand what your plan is because once you get the power, aren't you invested in power? Whoa. Oh, yeah, I was good. I was like, precocious. how so, long have you been a libertarian? Like, so since 12, you've been making these arguments? Let me tell you, when I was in seventh grade, which I think is 12, the teacher hit me against everyone else in the class, and it was a debate on the Civil War, and I was the South. Ooh. I, this Ooh. is in New York. Ooh. And I, I, I wasn't even thinking about slavery. Spicy. I was just thinking, yeah, I was just thinking about states' rights. I just thought, how did they have any right to force anybody else? It just doesn't make sense to me. I, I just I still say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I remember saying that to my dad and he's like, the only other person I ever, you know, I only ever heard one other person say that. I guess it was not really discussed too much, but just logically. Anyway, so I, it does. I, it's I mean, always, it makes sense. I, I've been saying it like it, it, when you don't let someone leave, it's called kidnapping. Like, yeah. And here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing. If slavery was totally unacceptable, which it absolutely is. I mean, that's, that's the whole essence of my being. That's why I'm against yeah. the state. All states are slave states. So if that was against your principles, why did you enter such a close treaty with those people in the beginning? Because that division was already there. So you entered into a contract knowing what the terms were, and then you are violently changing the terms. It was wrong of you to enter into the contract in the first place. Oof. Ooh, get them. Yeah, yeah, get them founding just, fathers. <laughs> what do you think that sorry, would say? Sorry, I, yes, but. What do you, I don't, what do yeah, you think I mean, they would I, say? I what do you think like Washington and Jefferson would say that? Well, I think they said it. I think they said it at the time. They said, this is, this is a difficult situation to get out of. And unfortunately, one of the reasons that they used was how devastating it would be economically to take away. This was property, they thought. I mean, it's horrible and disgusting but what they they were looking at it you know you gotta you gotta give them a big fat ding for that kind of like the republicans of today you hear somebody say i'm gonna create jobs i'm like you should be fired like mm. that is not your job to create jobs it's not your job to maintain the property of these people engaged in a fundamentally obviously immoral practice like i think that way about uh, uh colonial conquest and taking savages who are they don't have souls, so we're allowed to kill them and steal from them. That uh, slaves are not full people, so we're allowed to kill them and steal from them. And I hate to say it because it's very controversial or whatever, such a hot current issue, but like the abortion argument is like that. I, as a libertarian, I understand the abortion argument, which is, do I have the right to go into your house, chain you to the radiator, stick a food, a feeding tube down your throat and make sure that you do not, that you have that baby? Like, I don't, I'm not convinced I have that right. But the argument is not that. The public argument is not that because that would recognize real hardcore rights. The public argument is they're not people. Mm, yeah. And and that's every time you want to oppress a group of people for the progress of another group of people, you say they're not people. Right. 
So that's where they were absolutely wrong in what they were doing, but they recognized it and they knew they were wrong. And I believe they sincerely hoped to find a solution, a way to make it less economically devastating. I don't know though. I mean, I'm not, people get so entrenched in the in the history of the civil war it's just i know I it's tr- it triggers it's like religion hard. i yeah no, i was just gonna say you need your i see it on my show all the time you need your foundation myths in order to like like advance any type of religious or cult type thing you need things that are way bigger like for instance i don't i personally don't think we went to the moon if at all okay. like in the way they Definitely said not. for sure no you know but people Definitely oh it triggers not. them world war ii they didn't triggers take a picture them. of the stars yeah. kidding Dude, and, <laughs> like, and nixon's oh, like oh good good call fellas. like i'm not a crook idea. like <laughs> like, yeah. like this is yeah. this is bullshit but like but, new way faster than the speed of light live streaming it's yeah yeah i have connection issues now like <laughs> exactly like, like, exactly <laughs> yeah so so but it's it's more important like and first of all i don't really care if someone thinks if we went to the moon or not i just don't but it, what's fascinating way more fascinating is the herd getting mad about these things these like trigger points in history and you go back well, that's far, yeah. What propaganda is for. But I wanted to say something about the foundational myths. Yeah. When I'm starting to think, and, and maybe I could be completely wrong about this, but I have a feeling it's there's something to it. When those myths are no longer of value in actually hiding the true truth, such as slavery, all states are slave states, in my opinion, they're pulling down all of those monuments and stuff, and they're saying that it's the descendants of slaves that we're trying to respect. But what we're really doing is erasing that living memory of the true nature of colonialism, of slavery, of all that stuff. So our foundational myths are being eradicated because they no longer, they are, they are being exposed for the myths that they are. And we're going to need something else. And maybe it's happening now because this is the great reset. This Uh is the, you know, we're poised for the aftertimes. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, it's interesting because, you know, they <clears throat> say what you're saying happens like full full on, like 100 percent. They erase all the, you know, memory of slavery, all the all the history, all that stuff. 30 years from then, we could just have slaves again and no one would no right. one would know it was bad. Just no, no. And of course, the slaves of today, which is we're being set up for this with the UBI and the incredible tax bill that we're going to see and the monetization of the yeah. debt, which is going to create this inflation that destroys wages. They have such a brilliant system of slavery now, which is this. They get everybody who can really contribute surplus wealth to work as hard as they can just to have the maximum kind of creature comfort they can have. And all other surplus is confiscated. So that's why they have the press attached. And then they justify it by saying, but you have to take care of all the useless eaters. So that's why they're keeping them around. And the UBI is for that. So it's this fantastic way of getting, I, I bet they've done a calculus, like you can have the lower 6 billion just slave away, but it's so complicated to get them to do it. But you could have the upper 1 billion slave away at such a higher level to use higher level capital and stuff that then getting their surplus and just telling them they're taking care of everybody else because they could just kill everybody else, but they didn't, they're not. <laughs> They're not. Look at this, a pandemic. Perfect excuse. Just kill everybody. Yeah. But they're not. Wow. That, so do you think this, okay, so it's this complicated. There's all these moving parts and all these variable, variables. I believe, I believe everything you're saying. What um, I believe. I don't know if I believe I, it. I'm I mean, just saying. I believe it's, 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 it's as plausible a narrative, yeah. more plausible than the mainstream. Um, but it doesn't, do you think this is possible in one person's lifetime? Are we talking about like centuries and centuries of setup and shit? Of what like well i mean okay it's kind of like it's almost like the conspiracy version of the nature versus the nurture de- debate it's like i'm telling like, you what's happening what what we're li- i'm su- i'm suggesting that's where we're living now I- i'm talking about the setup period not the, what we're oh, living through yes like, yeah the setup yes period. yes yeah yes i i would say it was just interesting i had a really interesting podcast last night with a guy named legal man it's good. I'll send it to you. And it's, it's really good. Uh, and we were talking, I think there's like two few moments in time, but I read a book by Prouty, who some people think was deep. I don't think he was deep throat, but Prouty wrote a couple of books. One was the secret team and one was the JFK assassination. And it opened with JFK assassination. The kind of prelude was that when Magellan 
let's just say really was Magellan, circumnavigated the globe and you had Columbus and everything. Once they, once the, the empires understood the scope of what they were dealing with, then they could put a plan in place. So let's I say see. that was 500 years ago. And I'm not saying there it's even, some people think it is continuous that there's Etruscan, white robed, whatever, the Knights Templar, the Masons. It could be the Vatican, Jesuits. I don't know. It could be anything like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've seen these charts and they've got like the bloodlines yeah. and like all like the, the Illuminati and the. <laughs> it could be. But I've known some people because I have, I, you know, I have this kind of Ivy League background. I was the token poor kid, whatever. And I just, I was in some of these had rubbed elbows with some of that stuff. And I never really ran into, I, I don't know. I never really, I know, I don't know. But, but there are definitely points in time where the legacy of that stuff, where it's kind of put in place. So the British empire did its best. Maybe it went broke, whatever. Then you have Cecil Rose who said, okay, the, the British empire looks like it's going down, but we can get it back under the radar, if we get everybody in the whole world to speak English, get social democracy everywhere, have a kind of mercantilism everywhere, and if we just keep our little pieces of land in every different place, or you know, so, so even if the same people aren't running the show, s- some new people may have picked up on it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's it's possible, but the but this is the essential thing that was like the probably the, one of the most eye opening things that ever happened to me is when, and this was at, when I was at law school and looked around at these people whose name, last names I recognized. It's like, oh, that's a big company. And oh, that's a guy in the cabinet. So then I was like, oh, I get it. They tell me that I'm like achieving the American dream, whatever. It's intergenerational. It's intergenerational. Like the plan of how to succeed in America is or in the world or whatever it's intergenerational so and in that regard when you have tax exempt foundations and that kind of thing which are intergenerational organizations which isn't actually allowed as far as uh, it, it like trust and estates you can't control like more than something like 20 years after your last huh. living heir is dead something like that that's wow. just shorthand it's okay. called the rule against perpetuities but tax exempt foundations can do that so a family trust can control the future forever. Oh my and, goodness. And that's how I think it kind of So this is like big for lack of a better word, like big philanthropy almost. Like that's, <laughs> yes, yeah, that's a like great way to put it. Yeah. yeah. That might actually be a term, but I but yeah. that is, I remember well, saying it with I'm the sure. guy that that um, you know, I he's running for he's actually running for president. I interviewed him last year. I, you know, he's like he's an independent or something like that. And uh we talked about it because he was just linking the Rockefellers to like everything. To everything. Yeah. And and and, and he, he he said the big like smoke screen was them getting involved in politics because he's like that made people think that they got power, but they've had power for so long yeah. that it was just you know, it's just big philanthropy. So you can wash your money and do what you want. Right? Yes. And actually, John D. Rockefeller was the first one who decided to use that as a cover Man. for his sinister nature. He was quite sinister. And then so for me, all of big philanthropy, there's nothing philanthropic about it except for like propaganda. Yeah. What they need to do to give it credibility like propaganda has to have some truth maybe a little bit yeah to make yeah, it exactly. feel like news yeah they have to make it feel like good work and there is good work i'm sure there's a little bit of good work can't be all like 10 houses in haiti that's it yeah that's, yeah, that's that, that's how much it is. <laughs> exactly <laughs> with basements unfortunately yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man that's that's crazy so so i saw you have this other show that you do with your uh conservative friend can you but, say the, yeah. the name of it one more time I just kind of named it, Ken, a conservative and a libertarian be friends in Trump's America. Yeah. (laughs) And then we just chat because, and he's like the only one I can be friends with because he laughs when I, when I point out the absurdity of thinking that Trump is Batman, that he's a billionaire by day and a a superhero by night. Yeah, pedophile locker upper by night. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, Like trust the plan. It's like, he's going to bankrupt the country, but he's going to lock up Hillary. You just wait. That's the cue stuff. I don't think Clint is there, but he definitely, he, they all, they just, because I did that radio show for eight years. So it was Trump and Obama. It was a call-in show in a really conservative place on the channel that Rush was on. 
So I had I saw myself how from from Obama being president to Trump being president, that literally the people would look at the letter after the name and say, this guy's got an R. I'm going to trust that what he's doing is for the good or it's a compromise or it's the best that we can get, even if it was worse than what the guy with the D was doing. That's why people always would end the argument with me. But isn't it better than if Hillary had won? And it absolutely isn't, not a chance in the world, because we'd all be on the mall right now with our guns telling Mm. them to tear up that stimulus package. Interesting. That's a good point. That's a good yeah, point. It takes a Republican to give the cover to keep you in check. Yeah. That's why we're all sitting. Let Could me ask you, you a question about that. Okay, let's let's play yeah. that out a little bit. So say say Hillary wins, and do you think the stimulus package that she would have floated would have been bigger or about the same size? Oh, I think that this was that the whole COVID thing has a lot of purposes, but the number one purpose in the way it was handled, the timing, is that there was a $10 trillion debt crisis coming. That was a result of the can kicking from 2008. It was an 11 year expansion and the interest rate was at 2%. Normally, normally expansion is not 11 years. And when it comes to an end and you have a retraction recession, the interest rate is 7% and they lowered by 5%. At 2%, there was no place for it to go. So they had to do something. I thought they were going to kick the cancel after the election. So Trump would have four years to crash the economy, take the blame, ruin Republicans forever, yada, yada. I don't think they could make it. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing is about this huge debt crisis. And if you look at all these stimulus packages, it's something like $100 billion going to public health care. You know, it's a health crisis, you know, and it's all going to buy debt. Dang. So I don't That's think dark. it would have been, yeah, it would have been as big as they could make it. They needed to to yeah. fix their problem. Dang. Yeah. So do you think, uh, like, what's your take on what coronavirus is? Like, do you think it's real? You think it's overblown? You think it's fake? I have said from the beginning, my understanding, like, people need to realize it's called germ theory. My understanding, this is what I said the first time somebody asked me that question in February. So people were still like, people were alternating between it's real or it's a bioweapon. And I said, I'm not sure they could actually get a virus to do what they're saying this is going to do. So I was never really scared unless they were going to, you know, lace it with bacteria or put everybody on ventilators, like, you know, whatever it is that they're going to do to actually hurt people. That is something to be afraid of. But I don't think it's a bioweapon. I I, the CDC of China was in the meeting with the CDC of the U.S. when they plotted this thing in October. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) So I understand that we're going to have a Cold War with China, but that doesn't mean that they're not in on it. Hmm. Because if we want it, why wouldn't they want it? They have the same problem. They have a debt crisis too. Yeah. Do you, you know do, in the tens of trillions of dollars in Asia? Do you view us in a um some like what so, sort of conflict do you view us in with China? Like a cold war, like you said, or a financial war? Like what do you think our thing is with China right, right now? now? Yeah. Right now, uh, I think it's a. I think it's a show, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> I think it's real. <clears throat> you know, I think it's real, but it's theatrical. It's like theater where they use real bullets. You know what I mean? Like, so it's one, one take. So, and this is why, because when I saw that, if you want to go to the Rockefeller thing, James Corbett has a great expose on Rockefeller and the Chinese and Nixon and all that stuff. And how we, we created China for sure. We could have created Thailand. Hmm. But we didn't. We created China. Like Thailand, if I understand correctly, did not have the same access to our markets that China did. Because China, with their cheap labor, yes, they crushed our stuff. But I think, I believe this is true. I'd have to triple check. But that we restrained some of those other, some Southeast Asian countries from competing just with their cheap labor. So we created China. And so I've always kind of felt like there's probably... I'll give you an Iranian example, but there's probably people who are for reals in China really want to, you know, they probably have to deal with that problem. People who are in league with the world powers and people who aren't at different levels of society. But when I saw Hong Kong coming down and found out through 
some Ron Paul articles, Ron Paul Institute articles and stuff like that, that the, the National Endowment for Democracy, which is a front of the CIA or whatever, was yep. behind a lot of that stuff. And yep. that Hong Kong's were- a psyop. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So then Can I, I said, interrupt, okay. Professor, to, yeah. to what extent are they involved? That's one thing that I hadn't heard about Hong Kong. Like the National Endowment for Democracy. Yeah, yeah. How to what extent is it in their leadership or like what? Well, when you see people in disguises uh-huh. handing out, I think it's the same thing that happened in Portland, which my co-host Binkley predicted that that Hong Kong was was a it, teaching the world how to protest. I believe they had the same thing where someone was handing out frozen water bottles to throw. Okay. So, so they have it. That happened in Libya. It's happening in Portland. Not, I don't know if it was frozen water bottles in Libya. It seems impractical. But and there's these pallets they, of bricks as well that are, that have been in. in I'm not. I'm not sure that was verified. So uh. that could have been something that was there to as a plant to get people to be debunked. I don't know. But the the ice water was for sure there. That goes through a window, and. So so the Hong Kong thing was at a high level because we know the National Endowment of Democracy was involved and it was at a low level because you had these agents provocateur on the ground. Same thing happened with Pro. Like we've got the people on the ground, we've got the people at the top. But here was the thing about Hong Kong. I said, okay, we are really undermining China with this stuff that we're doing in Hong Kong. That's one possibility. Or we're helping China absorb Hong Kong before 2047, that's another possibility. And then we pr- produced and passed legislation that said, as long as Hong Kong is having civil unrest, we will no longer treat them favorably. So it's done. So then Hong Kong's only hope is to, the, the thing that Hong Kong loves about being Hong Kong and the thing that it has going till 2047 is that it has a different relationship with the rest of the world. We and others have used their protests to, to neutralize those advantages and at the same time china is saying if this unrest continues we're going to have to simply absorb hong kong we simply if you're not going to accept the two systems one country you're breaking the deal and i think that's where it's headed so that confirms my suspicion that where it really counts we are in league we not meaning me but the people (laughs) who run pelosi and trump that level those guys also run enough of China to actually get it done. And if you watch Event 201, they say, if you want your officials to do stuff, you get their rich people to give them a call. Use soft power. I mean, I'm practically quoting. Wow. And so like with Iran, the Soleimani who we killed and Iran did not actually retaliate and then admitted to some botched missile thing, which seemed like a psyop from the beginning that we were in on and they were in on. Then I concluded or speculated that Soleimani was a real dude. He was a real Iranian, maybe psychopath. I don't know, but he was a real dude. And Rouhani, who was educated in Scotland and runs Iran, was like, yeah, we got to get rid of the real dudes because how am I going to make back back alley deals with the great Satan? Everybody needs a great Satan. We got them. They got us. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. That's so. I mean, that's the thing that's that's cool about your takes is you're not really it would be a mistake to say that I, I know for sure what happened. I know like you've never met Soleimani. <laughs> like you've never, uh, I, all I do is try to figure out the things that we know and how it might actually make sense in my worldview, which in all the times I've looked at it honestly and revised it and tweaked it has never really blown up. Mm. My worldview seems to be a valid structure on which to evaluate how the world works until something else comes along to make it something make more sense. So when I plug that stuff in, I can take the information that's in the news, the propaganda, and try to discern facts and evidence from total bull, and then take those facts and say, well, what what could the purpose be here? And I remember with Ferguson, I couldn't figure out what the purpose was. And I said, I think they're going to try to pull back on policing because the crime rates are just way too low. Crime rates have been plummeting since the 90s. Right. And they just need to scare people so that that government needs fear. 
And that's exactly what happened. Look at what's happening. It's all about pulling back on the police so that you can get a federal police force, that you can get all that kind of stuff. So I have a question about that. I actually heard you mention that on your show. So, so okay, so kind of the big picture question I'm kind of t- asking about a little bit is like, you know, you're an ANCAP. You know, I would like to be an ANCAP. One of the reasons I'm not is because I don't see it happening. Even, like without waking up millions and millions, like hitting critical mass, right. it's very hard to go to a stateless society. Um, gun laws are not the way me and your type like it in these cities. Okay. These right. people in some situations are not even allowed to protect themselves. So right. at, now I get what you're saying about the crime going down and it has, but that doesn't change that. If someone breaks in my place right now, a crime is going down regardless of the statistics. And if I'm, yeah. if the, um, if the government doesn't, if, if the government is like going to arrest me for defending myself, yes. I live in a place where gun laws aren't good. Yeah, you there want might, some cops. Yeah. There might be red flag. I never know. I know. But like, so, so now, and the cops won't do their job either. How, you know, at, at, is there any point that a, liber, a hardcore libertarian would want a higher federal authority to come yeah. in? People do say that. And all I'm saying, all I've ever said about any of this is it's fine to get rid of the police. First of all, defunding the police is a massive game because I've been saying the, the same thing. De- redirecting funds is not defunding. Right. Yeah. Not just redirecting because they're people are going to stop paying their taxes on that local level if they don't have the cops and then there are no cops to go make them pay their taxes. So that system ain't going to work. But what's really happening is the Republicans and the Democrats both have bills up that fund the police as long as they can control it. So the funding for police will go up and the control will go down. It's a stupid, it's a semantical thing that's obvious. But if you're going to get rid of the police, you have to do three things. You have to first. So every libertarian should say, don't do that. Take a one-year phase out and make these three changes first. Completely eliminate all restrictions on the Second Amendment, all infringements on the right. Completely restore absolute private property rights. If people want to discriminate, I'm not going to go to their place, but let them. It doesn't. It's no business of mine. No one can go on your property yeah. if they don't want to, even the postman, which might actually take an uh, a constitutional amendment. And then stop, stop enforcing w- laws of prohibition. Stop enforcing laws of prohibition because if there's no drug laws, okay. that's what, yeah. Nobody's going, the, you know, absolutely do not need the cops. There's going to be no more violence because the, a lot of the violence comes from the fact that there are, you can't, you can't execute contracts, black market contracts in a more civilized quote fashion. You just, you've got one thing you can bl- break legs or you can kill people. Those are, it's like a misdemeanor is breaking legs and a felony is killing people. Yep. That's so then you get a lot of violence and it feels violent. And then there's violence in your town and people shoot back and there's crossfire, but there would be no profits, no violence, nothing. I'm not a fan of drugs. I don't like that. I do like cocktails. That is a I hate, I've seen, like, your, I website. Hate to, I've seen, I've seen yeah. your cocktails on your website. Yeah. I hate it when people think that alcohol is not a drug. Alcohol is a drug. <laughs> so I like drugs, but illegal, <laughs> the drugs that are illegal, I do feel like they're that they they neutralize a large segment of society intentionally yeah. and it bums me out. It's very unhealthy. And yeah. It's, it's what I call a self-induced mental illness. So you have people really mentally incompetent, mentally ill that they get that way through this behavior. But if you, so, but it's, that's not, that's not a, it's not a problem that needs, that can be corrected through violence. Like the cops cannot correct that problem. So just forget about all that stuff. Most of the crime will go away. Prosperity will probably follow. And then you could have the second tier stuff, which is get rid of inter- uh, public schooling and welfare. And um, there was another thing that is just such a, such a scourge on society. I forget what it is. There was a well, yeah. Thing. I mean, so yeah, there's the public health. There's the, um, I mean, the right of association. You kind of brought, brought that up already. That's insane. That's that why people care about immigration. Yeah. Because you're not allowed to have a private, if you, if you're, look, I'm not a racist. I mean, maybe because of whatever color my skin is, I'm a racist against people of other colored skin. I don't know exactly. <laughs> From what, birth, Monica. <laughs> you, definitionally, you're yeah, self, <laughs> self-hating, whatever. So I, so, but, but the reason people get all fired up about the immigration stuff is they are probably primally uh, intimidated by the other. You know, so if you don't let them have their little places where they can feel comfortable and secure, 
And worse than that, you're dragging in through weird labor laws and welfare nets and blowing up other people's countries and their economies. You're bringing in only the refuse, the refugees. Yeah. So you're scaring people. And if they could feel secure in their own places, they wouldn't have to reach out to this national government. But that's intentional. They do that. If you read the report from Iron Mountain, they talk about scaring people, scaring people into patriotism by threatening them with a world government. That's in the freaking report from Iron Damn. Mountain, which is a long story. Yeah, Ooh, that's deep. Oh, that's I know. true. Yeah. And then you get them there and then you get your world government anyway. So what's you've your, got so, them proud. What's your solution? So your, would your solution be like privatize the border? Basically, like no public well, property. I, I mean, ultimately, there's no border, right? What's the border? Look at Texas. Uh, if if the people in Texas have the castle doctrine, anybody crosses over your property, you can kill them. Mm-hmm. So Texas is all set. Okay. You know, there's no what. What do you need a public border for? There well, is yeah, there so, but, but that would be no public borders. It, that's that's if it, it was private. But right now it is public. So no, but it is private. That's oh. what I'm saying. Like you could literally. The problem with the borders in Texas are that the government is there. If you get the government away from all the borders in Texas, what you have is ranchers up against the Rio. I see. And they all have those little nests where they can, you know, they don't do that. Actually, I know somebody who is a rancher with a border of the Rio. And he said that they used to be able to go to the water. And now they can't because the snipers, the drug lords have snipers up there and they secure the border. Yeah. How do you like that? It's it's, the drug the drug cartels secure the border. And I'm not suggesting that's what I think is the right answer, but, but that true. is what that's the law in Texas. That is how the people in Texas secure their borders from the guy across the street. You understand the guy across the street. When I lived in Texas for like six, seven years, what? I wouldn't go on somebody's property if they didn't want me there. You're taking your life into your own hands. Uh- and it's fine. You never hear about you. You don't hear about like, well, fifty thousand people died yesterday crossing into their neighbor's yard because they got shot. That you never hear it because it works. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, it's also it's just like you know, so many of these right left or like ideological divides are a trap because it's like yes. I would say I'm anti open borders, but what I really mean right. is I just want a protected border, and I don't oh, care if it's private. I'm know? hyper closed borders. I oh. couldn't be a more closed border person. The difference is. My borders are the property I own. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Cool. So if you and me want to buy a place together and you take the first shift and I take the second shift, that's okay. Then we have a mutual border. You know what I'm saying? Then you can go from there. But all you're talking about is your right to defend your own border, which is absolute. And the reason people think that they can defend some property in San Diego or wherever is that they know inherently that their borders their personal property they are not permitted to defend them absolutely dang so i mean we're talking theoretically like i'm not i'm not expressing viewpoints on on who's the good guy in that scenario i'm just saying this is a mechanism that's very simple and does not require a big government which obviously cannot be trusted with anything from helping you defend yourself to helping you secure public health everything yeah they're they can't be trusted. People things. say, well, you need the FDA. They're like, look what they do with their health yeah. mandate. No. Sorry, I missed what you said. That's okay. I just What I'm wondering is, okay, so do you consider yourself a uh, conspiracy theorist? You know, I kind of don't. Okay. And I'll tell you, I don't care. Call me a conspiracy yeah. theorist. Whatever. That's what I'm I say, proud, too. You know, yeah. Buy me the hat, you know. So I don't <laughs> care at all. Don't care at all. But, um, but I don't consider myself a conspiracy theorist because I'm not at all engaged in the conspiracy. I don't care if it's lizards or Jesuits or dragon people or whatever. I don't care who it is. I do the one thing I think I'm good at. It's I recently realized it's called, which is an easy word, but I just hadn't applied it, discernment. I'm good at discerning like what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. And when I get a story that is meant to manipulate how the public reacts to policy, I want to crack the code on the real truth there, the real lesson to be learned. And usually the most important thing is not how do you solve this problem, but what policy has created this problem? Mm. Because I don't believe that human society, human nature 
makes it impossible to survive as a human being. We've been here for too long. The state is 10,000 years old. Humanity arguably is 4 million years old. So how did we, you know, what did we, how did we evolve to this point? And, and yeah, I see what you're saying. Like the natural hu- human state of things is not like enslaving it, each other, and it can't be. Yeah. It might, it might be, but it, it's not this. It's not this idea that you can't breathe air because yeah. you're not capable of living in this world. That's just not possible. <laughs> so, so what happened? And yeah. then you can go back and say, in this case, it's just the policy. It's not even the policy causing the illness. I don't. There are no smelly bodies on my street. Like mm. no, I, I, don't, I have not seen a dead body in the past six months. Yeah. So, but it's the policy. It's it's just nakedly the policy that's the problem. Do, do you find that it's usually some sort of policy or law that is that makes it worse, or is it other things? As it well? always is. The only real problem is someone start trying to touch you or your stuff. Yeah, that's the only real problem ever. Yeah, that's libertarians get this so right. That's why I mean, I, I'll I'll um I don't know if I'm I don't even know what to call, labels are. Crazy. You might like if... agorism, which the answer Agri- I'm is. I'm totally an agorist. If I could bypass yes. the whole thing, I would. Like, I yes. want to start so, a whole, so, like, like start and, my own school, start my own currency, everything. And and the thing is, you think, you think that you like your stuff. You have some nice stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I and you think you like it's it, overrated. and you do. Yeah, but but you whatever it is that that satisfies in you. I believe would be better satisfied in a more autonomous natural environment. You could make music, you could eat food, fuck, have kids, run in the sun, whatever you want to do. It's a lot of arduous work, but look at all the Prozac and everything in the world. Maybe arduous work is the only thing that can really make us fulfilled. Like, I don't really know, but when they shut the door, I'm in California now, when they shut us down for COVID and I, we were like, stockpiling food and i was sitting there and it reminded me of the guy from gun owners of america on piers morgan saying when you're when there's a guy a bad guy with a gun at the door and all you can do is pray for a good guy with a gun to show up you're gonna think of me Mm. and or something like that and i thought i am sitting here praying that somebody brings food to my town that's not good enough. That's not good. I mean, yeah, that was there's the panic, and you know, there's the toilet paper thing, you know, the Clorox, you know, it's just And it's... people were right to be panicked. So they have no control whatsoever, and it finally dawned on them. And then what did they do? <laughs> Completely submitted. I submitted. Mm. I'm inside, but I always you know I'm a stay-at-home mom. So yeah, I, mean, I was that's, already that's... inside. <laughs> but yeah, so we, we have about uh ten minutes left or something like that. But why, like, you know, first of all, before my last couple of questions, what do you think uh what do you think the elections? I mean, do you think Trump's gonna win? Do you think it's gonna be violence, riots after? Like what do you think? Yes, both of those things. Okay. Mail in ballot so, fraud, what do you like all that stuff? Yes. And okay. they're gonna blame they're going to use his words against him when he said that this election is going to be a problem. They're going to say, yes, it is, but he's going to win. And supposedly he's slowing down the post office. And now that that Biden picked Kamala Harris, who (laughs) is arguably the only woman of color who could defeat the number one galvanizing issue of the Democrats, which is this policing problem. She's fucking cop. You know, is he trying to win? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is he trying to win? And she's totally inauthentic when it comes to uh, any kind of empathy with a grassroots, (laughs) you know, ground up movement. Empathy, period. I mean, she's a crocodile, yo. Yes. yes, (laughs) She's a slimy, cold crocodile. It's almost fun. Like, I almost like it. And she's kind of good looking. So I kind of feel like we're we're, they're raising the bar again. You know, if somebody Levels actually people, looks yeah. like a politician, what do you want to see? Yeah, so do you think they're going to just uh, go full, like... I think we're going to have riots. I think we're going to have martial law. That's what I think we're going to have, martial law, by the end of the year. Yeah, you think so? Yes. Really? Oh, Yeah, and I'll God. tell you why. Because Binkley has... He, pull, he listens. He has the tolerance, I can't believe it, to listen to the plotting and scheming of everyone from the deep state to the far left puppet masters and he pulled a clip while back i think it's in episode 184 of the propaganda report proper where i think it was maybe the u.s army college was saying how they were going to use the they might 
use the 2020 election as a tripwire to alert people to the dangers in the case that he was explaining Russia. But he said, if you said Russian interference, it invalidated the election, and then uh, everything went crazy. We had martial law in this country. We might get the war with Russia that we want, is basically what he said. Now, I don't know if they still want war with Russia, but I think they'll probably still give us martial law around the election. And I think that's what these protests are getting people some practice. What does that even look like to you? Well, I remember the Boston Marathon bombing, and they just went around from door to door searching people's houses. Everybody stayed home. We're already home. It's not going to be that hard. All they would really have to do is get, I would say, 100 tanks in groups of three in each of the 30 biggest cities and just have those three tanks drive down the beach. That's all it takes. That's nothing. I'm not going out anyway. Nothing. Yeah. Wow. It's nothing. You, it's an illusion. Do you think that, I don't know, like, you know, you know, they have the Antifa types, you know, when people talk about Antifa, I, of course, I mean, I think these people that commit violence are very bad, but also Antifa is kind of a decentralized youthful organization that's very hard to pin down. So we've been watching videos that are just like, I call the, call them the good old, good old boys versus the Antifa. Do you yeah. think there's ever a chance that the good old boys will just say no? Or do you think that the it's, we're too dumbed down? We'll say no to yeah, what's going on. Yeah, I mean, on. look, look, if you march No, three... that's what Trump is for. Mm. Ooh, okay. You think that, okay, so Trump's in place and since their their boy is in, in the White, White House. Aren't you seeing that? A little bit, yeah, but I'm not seeing tanks on the street, though. You know, but it's the frog, but right? But he's the one the who's going to send the tanks. Yeah, yeah, he's the one that's going to He's going to send the tanks against the Democrats. Oh, they're telling you already. People are saying libertarians and conservatives are saying, fuck, yeah, you should send the National Guard into Portland. And Bill Barr is saying, I want to send them into Chicago. People are saying, that's great. But what Bill Barr is saying is I want to send them into Chicago to confiscate guns. What? Nobody's hearing that part. Oh, yeah, that's what that's what that is. That's what it is. It's called Operation Legend or Legend or something. Illegal guns or legal guns? What's an illegal gun? Well, I mean, a gun that's illegal. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't believe in the laws. I'm but, you know, you know, playing I'm, with you. I'm yeah. just saying, sorry, I didn't mean to. No, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. So I'm making a point, and that is your boys should not recognize that distinction. Mm. So when Bill Barr says Trump told me to go in there and Jeff Sessions, who I respect his integrity, but not his position on this stuff or his position on most things, if when they say we're going in to get guns, the boys should say, no, the boys shouldn't say, well, are they illegal? You know, what color are the people who are holding the guns? Like you, you can't, that's not, that's what, that's the trap. Wow. It's all a trap. Man, it's a trap. It's all a trap. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Look, they have 7 billion people under house arrest. Like I'm not the nut here. No, like I'm not the one I'm seeing. Something insanely fucked up. Sorry, I keep cussing on you. It's your okay. Night no, show. me too. You're you're quite okay. you're, you're quite totally sane fine. in your worldview. <laughs> the insane <laughs> yeah, worldview is the I'm mainstream. Saying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when does it ever go our way? When do you actually have somebody say, "Oh, by some accidental fluke, they the Supreme Court realized that you can't have any kind of gun control, or in order to commit somebody or have a red flag law, they need a jury trial." You know, when it, due process is a jury trial, like somebody read the Constitution. There's nobody accidentally did that. And Brett Kavanaugh, Brett Kavanaugh was a Clinton henchman. He he washed or squashed. I hate both of those words or whatever. I don't <laughs> yeah, understand. I don't, those words. <laughs> I don't understand the words, but he <laughs> suppressed. The Vince Foster investigation when his predecessor, Miguel what? Rodriguez. I didn't know this. Oh, yes. Kavanaugh? This is who. You know why you don't know that? Because Blasey Ford said rapist, rapist, and yeah. you're like, he's not a rapist. Yeah, that red pill so, that triggered me hard. That, go Kavanaugh, go yeah. Kavanaugh. It's like, who cares if he's a rapist? I care about what he does. You know what I mean? Just keep an eye on him so he doesn't do it again. But please <laughs> give me the Constitution. But he's not doing that. He's so he went in. Miguel Rodriguez, I think his name is Miguel Rodriguez, wrote a memo to Brett Kavanaugh. And a couple of other people saying, I'm resigning because the Vince Foster conclusion of suicide is not supported by the fa facts. Good luck, guys. That is a memo to Brett Kavanaugh. Guess what Brett Kavanaugh found? It's a suicide. 
Oh, so. Oh, my gosh. I never knew this. Yes. Wow. And And now he's getting paid back. And the only way to get him in, nice guy, right? He lets this happen to his wife and family, is to take it on the chin by some woman who could not prove the allegations. Wow. There's probably stuff he's done you could prove. That is, it's, it's, uh. Every, you know, every sane person knows that it's not so clean cut. But when you figure out how in, intertwined it is, I mean, I'm I'm like creeped out by three or four comments you're making. You know, it's like, yeah, and it goes and so I'm, much deeper. I feel like I'm just, I, I have nothing on the absolute top layer. Like, I feel like I have, there's not, I don't have that many smoking guns on who's, except for the events who are one thing where you see it's the World Economic Forum, Johns Hopkins and Bill Gates all of whom are leading the narrative on this thing, and they plotted it in advance. And that's above the, you can see that that's happening above the parties and above the nations. Because there was a Rockefeller Foundation simulation like that from 2010 called Lockstep. Lockstep, where the, all the nations of the world, would, in the face of a pandemic, would suppress social media regarding health and then extend it to politics because things got violent. So get ready. <laughs> These people, man. That's crazy. All right. And so, that's the day. <laughs> that's crazy. All right. I'm, well, definitely every, you know, we, we, we pretty much did an hour right there. So I have one final question before I get you to plug your work and stuff. And everyone out there, please yeah. uh, check out the propaganda report. All the stuff is linked below in the show description. But how well, they certainly know what they're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. This, it's now. great. Yeah. It's, it's this with less with less swearing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. A little, a little bit. bit. OK. So Sorry how, about the swearing. You know, I always try to ask people about like their their workflow a little bit and specific specifically with you how do you how you fight burnout and stay happy and stuff you're very cheerful how do you is that yes. just natural or did you have to develop I'm that or super what? happy i actually feel like a big part of that is that i don't have i mean this is what the most important thing of happiness to me is that you have freedom of association so like if you work for somebody you can quit somebody works for you you can fire them if you don't have a boss you have like autonomy on doing what you want to do so i find it very satisfying I, this, I do a half an hour a day, 40, 45 minutes a day, because I do bonus Patreon stuff in recording. And I've measured this over and over. It takes me five hours a day, which is a lot of work because I tweet is how I talk to people. I read the news, stuff like that. It's a lot of work and I'm actually good at it. So it's as efficient as it's going to be. And it is quite a problem in this COVID times because I have a son who has Down syndrome and he needs, he's in high school. I have three high schoolers and, and his homeschooling needs constant supervision. So it's beginning to, well, I should say my sink is just full of dirty dishes all the time, which I'm not (laughs) proud of, but that's, that's that. But I feel just basically this Ron Paul gets mad if anyone says anything good about staying home, but we've really, I think a big problem was that we were running around too much. So we're happy together we're on the same page. And it's, it's quite an enjoyable endeavor to be a good mom, hmm. try to be a good wife. And then uh, this, the news stuff, the work I do, I really enjoy the kind of code breaking of it. Hmm. But if I, if occasionally I do get, like really freaked out and people will like, how can you laugh? This is like the worst thing that ever happened. And then you have to start thinking, this is a line I, I use. I'm sure other people have used it. Well, if, if there's a God, then this doesn't really matter. And if there's no God, then this really, really doesn't matter. So like, it doesn't matter. You have 80 years, 90 years. What are you going to do with it? It, it, the only thing that I would really bum about is if my kids turned out to be, <laughs> this is what the principal of my daughter said when she was at elementary school, she could be president someday. And I said, let that be on your head. <laughs> so you don't, you mean like, you don't want your kids being like, you know, you're like, oh, you can be a space scientist. Like you could be the most, well, I mean, that's, I guess it's, that's different than, than, than ruling over other people. That's, that's, yeah. that's sick well, the right space there. scientists, they have to lie. Yeah. They have to lie. Exactly. A but lot like, of lying. At least, at least they're not ruling over other people with no, violence. No, I'm, I'm happy. I literally, it's kind of funny because I, I, one of my kids wants to be a doctor and one of my kids wants to be a lawyer. I'm like, Really? Really? Nobody wants to be a farmer. Nobody wants to, you know, be a prepper. Like, where? Uh, where? We I do. need you guys. Yeah. But 
lawyer and a doctor, the way I figure it is I've given them moral foundation. We're going to need doctors on the farm. And we're probably for as long as there is any society to speak of, a lawyer would be handy because then, you know, you can you can fight the encroachments on your rights. You can know how far to go. Like you can at least have that fighting chance, I think, if you've got a really competent lawyer on your side in the here and now. And if it's not in the here and now, I'm hoping I'll have a little now I bought my little permaculture book. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'll have a little piece of land that has some water on it just in case we're bugging out and wearing you know animal skins again I don't wow know. all right well that monica that was a great chat why don't you tell people where uh, how to find your material everything's linked below but where can people find you happy to i'm basically uh, on twitter every day for hours a day when everybody goes to sleep i'm still up for two hours that's at monica perez show my daily show is called the propaganda report drive time news blast so go to the propaganda report on your favorite podcasting platform i also have a website thepropreport.com that's with my co-host binkley and we have tons of extra stuff including live streaming cocktail parties extra content every day uh some promotional materials which are super fun at patreon.com slash propaganda report and i think that's everything I think right. uh, that's enough anyway to get cool. you started, if All you right. dare. I All mean, right. you might have had enough for a year with this. <laughs> no, kinda... no, I'm definitely going to hit you up to get you back on. I don't know when, but it was a great conversation. Everyone in the live chat loved it. So, Oh, that... fantastic. Yeah, that was a great live stream. Everyone have a great day out there. That was Monica Perez, host of the Propaganda Report. You can check her information out down below. Everyone have an awesome day, and we'll see you tomorrow.